with this breathtaking display around me, I feel like a thorn among the roses. And um, I guess some of you are wondering, why did I bother to get up? Since I'm not a singing canary, I'm not a flower, I'm not a choir member, why did I come up? There's one verse that really motivated me to come up. It comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 7. And it says, The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God stands forever. Amen? I'm not here to take away from this beauty. I'm not here to take away from this music. I'm not, take, I'm not here to take away from this experience. But I'm here to add something that will stand forever. And that is the word of God in our hearts. So please bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, we would like to spend a couple of minutes in your word. And we ask that you'll come in our midst. We've been blessed already and we praise you for that. But Lord, may your word be anchored in our hearts. And may we hear what we need to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever had your hopes and dreams dashed to pieces? Have you ever reached a point in your life when you authored the words, there is nothing that people can do for me, there is nothing that people can help me with? One thing that you and I have in common is that we have all experienced disappointment. In one way or another, we have all experienced disappointment. As a matter of fact, English is an interesting language. For me, it's a second language. But what I've noticed is that some of the saddest words in the English language begin with the letter D. Did you know that? Some of the saddest words in the English language begin with the letter D. Darkness, disappointment, doubt, disillusionment, defeat, despair... Death, all of them with the letter D. But what's interesting, all of these words, all of these emotions, all of these feelings are found in a gripping story in the Bible, Gospel of Luke chapter 24. So for those that are watching us on TV and for those that are present here with us, if you'd like to follow with me as I go through Luke 24, I invite you to turn with me. This is in the New Testament for those that are new to the Bible. Um, Luke chapter 24, this is towards the end of the book, and we are going to begin to read a couple of verses. Uh, Verse 13 will be our first one, and we're going to read verse 13 to 16, and I've entitled this little paragraph, Walking in Darkness. Luke 24, verses 13 to 16, Walking in Darkness. And it begins here saying, Now behold... Two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Here we have the story of two followers of Jesus Christ. They were going on an 11-kilometer journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. But what's interesting, they were experiencing all of these D words. Their hopes and their dreams were dashed to pieces. They were experiencing disappointment. They were disheartened. Question why? Why? Because the one in whom they placed their hope, 
Jesus Christ, the one whom they thought was the Messiah, the one whom they thought was going to overthrow the Roman Empire, the one whom they thought was going to be the new ruler, had now been crucified. And they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of 11 kilometers. Verse 14, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And interesting, they weren't silent. They were talking about the events that took place over the last seven days. Probably they talked about Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That high moment when people grabbed palm branches and they were spreading their clothes on the ground. And they were saying, Hosanna, here comes the son of David. Probably they were talking about how Jesus entered the temple. And he removed the business aspect out of the temple And he reminded everyone that was meant to be a house of prayer. Probably they were talking of how Jesus was betrayed by his own disciple. Of how Pilate judged Jesus. Of how Jesus was crucified by Roman soldiers. Of how the earthquake and the the darkness captured the hearts of the people. Of how the temple, sorry, how the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the priests were terrified. And probably they were talking of how the women claimed To have seen Jesus resurrected from the dead. And all of this was too much for them. Was too hard to take it in. So they kept on walking. A walk to remember. And then the story goes on in verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned. And this is the highlight of the entire chapter. As they reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Here we have disheartened, discouraged, depressed people. And Jesus drew near to them. Verse 16. Jesus has a nice sense of humor, by the way. Their eyes were restrained and they did not know him. Here we have, talking about the one whom they thought they lost, when in reality, he was right there next to them. As I was reading this passage, I just thought of my own journey, of my own walk with God. And I hope you'll understand something that is meaningful to you today. That sometimes we go through life... And we are so depressed, we are so disheartened, we are so discouraged, we are so focused on our problems that we fail to realize that Jesus Christ is right there next to us. We go from life as if we are all alone, when in reality, He is there with us. There are times when you go through hardships, marital issues, church issues, financial problems, health problems. You don't know what tomorrow will look like. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. And you think you're all alone. Sometimes you think that there is no God. And other times you think that if there is a God... He definitely doesn't care about you or your present circumstance. 
when in reality, if you'd only open your eyes, you would see that he's right there beside you, walking with you. He's on your side. One of the most powerful promises that I, I think the Bible contains and offers us. And we may all have different opinions, that's fine, but I'll share your mind. Psalm 23, verse 4. It's known as the, the, you know, the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. But verse 4 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, the psalmist says, When you get to the bottom of the bottom, and there is no hope, the psalmist says, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And the question arises, where is the courage to confront another challenging situation? Where is that desire and the power that will keep you going when everything around you tells you to give up? The psalmist says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me and this is what makes the difference you know after resurrection Jesus could have shown himself to many people he could have shown himself to the soldiers that have crucified him and nailed him to a wooden cross he could have shown himself to those that struck him over his mouth and beat him and whipped him and he could have said to them, hey, what about now? Huh? What are you doing now? He could have shown himself to Pilate and tell him, you know, who tell me who's in control now, Pilate? He could have shown himself to the priest that handed him over to Pilate. But no, looking at that region, he chose to show himself to two discouraged, disheartened, disappointed people. Because he wanted them to understand, and he wants you to understand today, that as you go through life, you are not alone. He wants you to go away from here, that as you face another challenge, God wants you to know that you are not alone. That though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And Jesus spent time with them as they were walking and he listened to all their complaints, all their dreams they had about Jesus. And the story, I like to pick up the story from verse 25 where I believe it begins a new step in their journey. And they were walking in darkness and now I believe they're walking out of darkness. Uh, Luke 24, verses 25 to 27, Jesus said to them, O foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. So he listened to all of the reasons of why they should be disappointed. And it was Jesus' turn to speak. And he could have simply said, hey... Stop being discouraged. It's me. I'm here. He could have shown them, you know, the marks of the nails 
in his hands and in his feet. He could have shown them his side that was pierced by the Roman soldier. He could have unveiled him and said, it's me, it's over, be happy again. Out of all the things that Jesus Christ could have done right there and then, he chose to give them a Bible study. Before he, re- before he revealed his identity, before he opened their eyes, their, their physical eyes, God wanted to open their spiritual eyes. These guys were walking with God and they were not even aware of that fact. And Jesus invites us to walk not by sight, but by faith. Because our relationship with Jesus Christ is not based on the things that we see. But rather our relationship with Jesus Christ is based on faith that is developed as we allow Him to speak through us His Word. That's why in Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. Before he performed the miracle, before he revealed his identity, Jesus gave them a Bible study. In other words, Jesus is telling us more persuasive, more persuasive than a miracle is actually a Bible study. Because our faith is based on the word of God. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God stands forever. So that when we pray for healing, and healing doesn't come. When you may be praying for a new church pastor, and that new church pastor doesn't come. You hang on to God. Because we don't walk by faith. We don't walk by sight, my apologies. But by faith. He gave them a Bible study. And what happens next is a time when they walk into light. Verses 28 to 29. They drew near to the village where they were going and indicated that he would have gone farther. Verse 29. But, he con- but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. As I was looking at this passage, because I've just sort of looked at this passage like, like never before. These two disciples, without knowing, they prayed the most powerful prayer any human being can ever utter. And the prayer was contained in three words. Abide with us. You know, there are many prayers we can pray. And we don't always know God's will regarding our requests. But when we pray, abide with me, the answer is always yes. God cannot help himself but answer that, that, that request. You see, sin has brought separation between God and us. And he longs you to pray this prayer, God, abide with me. Jesus indicated that he would continue his journey because he walks with us. But in order for for him to continue to walk with you, you need to invite him, my friend. He's not going to force himself into your life. He's not a bully. 
And therefore, when these two disciples requested, abide with me, abide with us, Jesus entered the house. And the last verses we're focusing on this morning, 30 to 32. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Isn't that interesting? When they realized, when they got to see him, he disappeared. Because Jesus wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. And verse 32, last one. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? Question is when? When did their hearts burn within? When they saw him? Probably. But what they're saying is, while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us. The highlight of that experience, what Luke is telling us here, and what Jesus wants us to understand is that we are not missing out from the experience that these disciples had 2,000 years ago. Sometimes we go on and say, if only I could see Jesus face to face, if only I could hold him, if only I could see the mark in his hand. And what we understand here, Jesus telling us, is not so much about his physical presence, but allowing him to speak to us through his word. Because the same experience the disciples had when the heart was burning within them, you and I can have today in the 21st century. All, the only thing it takes is to pray the prayer, abide with me. Question for reflection. When was the last time when your heart was burning within as you were reading through the Bible? When was the last time when you sincerely and genuinely pray, God, abide in my heart? I want to hear from you afresh. There is something powerful about spending time with God. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of your loneliness, in the midst of your sickness, God wants you to allow Him to speak to you. Why? When God speaks, the earth shakes, the seas roar, and the storms come down. God can speak hope, faith, healing, direction, peace, assurance and forgiveness into your life only if you'd let him do that for you today when god speaks fears dissolve anxious thoughts go away and life burdens are lifted at calvary because god wants you to walk by faith and not by sight when pain controls your body when fear overpowers your mind, when unbelief subdues your heart, let God speak. And you will speak hope, forgiveness, assurance, eternal life. He longs to speak to you. This is what God would like you to experience, not only today, but every day for the rest of your life. A walk to remember, my friend, a walk to remember, it is the transition 
from winter to spring. A walk to remember is a transition from darkness to light. A walk to remember is a transition from despair to hope, from unbelief to faith, from uncertainty to confidence. A walk to remember is a transition from death to everlasting life. So my invitation for you today is that you will come to realize that God has been walking with you all along the way. That you will allow Him to speak forgiveness and hope into your heart through His Word on a daily basis. And that you will have the courage and the willingness to pray the most powerful prayer that any human being can ever utter. It is a prayer that God cannot resist. And the prayer is this. God, abide with me. So as you go from here, keep those words in your hearts. And I hope you will utter them with your lips. I will walk with God from this day on. His helping hand I'll lean upon. This is my prayer, my humble plea. May the Lord be ever with me. Amen.